Hello and welcome back to the Firestarters Podcast. I'm Colin, here with Joe. Houston Texans Fire Sale. Today we've got the trade deadline and some rookie talk. Let's chop it up. Welcome to episode 17 of the Firestarters Podcast. It is Thursday, October 28th at 5.56 p.m. What up, Joe? We are four days away from the NFL trade deadline, and things are starting to get heated up. Uh, Mark Ingram was traded back to the Saints, so it looks like David Johnson will be the future back in Texas. And Brandon Cooks immediately tweeted, this some bullshit. So it's looking like he'll probably be his on his way out of town. Uh, Jay Glazer reported that he expects Houston to just be a complete fire sale. Uh, just cut bait with everybody, get anything they can, because clearly uh, as long as Davis Mills is their starting quarterback and Tyrod Taylor is not playing, this team does not have much firepower or any chance to win a game. Uh, so it is also hard to say whether Watson will be moved or not. Yeah, so I remember Brandon Cooks said he wants to make Houston his home. Uh, I don't know if that's the case anymore, uh, given the f- the state of football that's going on there. And then there is an agreed-upon agreed trade uh, between Houston and Miami for Deshaun Watson, but it's being held up for reasons. Um, can't imagine what those reasons might be. Yeah, don't so, say. <laughs> so we'll see if that happens by the time this podcast goes up. They want to get it done sooner rather than later in Houston for reasons, I would assume. But uh, Miami is clearly hesitant. But, I mean, we have some big-name guys that are rumored to be moving. Guys like Allen Robinson, Melvin Gordon, maybe Marlon Mack. They've been kind of showcasing him over <laughs> in Indianapolis. <laughs> Marcus May, Melvin Ingram, Jameson Crowder, just a few guys, and maybe Will Fuller, but who knows what kind of value those guys are kind of holding given contract situations and murky futures. Melvin Ingram, or Melvin Gordon, I should say, is probably the most enticing one because that would just open that backfield to be Javante Williams with very little competition for touches. And that's something we kind of talk about every single week because we just want to see it for once. It's true. It's true. We want to see these these rookies get the opportunity, get a chance to, to play. Also, Jameson Crowder, if he gets shipped out, there's some love for Elijah Moore, a little more time for him to, to work on that. On that offense, given that he has played 57% or less snaps in three of the games over in New York, which is not ideal. Uh, Especially when they don't have much talent in that wide receiver room. Uh, But with the deadline being Tuesday, we'll probably get a lot of news on Monday. So we'll be covering that on the Monday pod. Uh, Whatever happens until then. And then it is Thursday, and with that, we've got Thursday night football. Green Bay Packers, Arizona Cardinals, uh, Devontae Adams is out, Joe Barry is out. 
Alan Lazar <laughs> is now also out. Uh, that came out after the uh, Monday pod. And it also looks like J.J. Watt will be undergoing season-ending surgery on his shoulder. So that's a big hit. But the Cardinals get Chandler Jones back. So it's kind of a you know eye-for-eye type of situation. So we got that going on later. Probably a probably a good little Marcus Golden bump, maybe, uh, opportunity where uh, he'll be playing probably more snaps in the pass rush. If you're looking for an IDP fill-in, he has DL eligibility, and he is pretty solid. He's been pretty solid all season, but now with JJ Watt out, might see a little bit of bump in production. Who knows? Maybe they'll stick Isaiah Simmons there at edge for a little while. No, the Please. old. No, they'll do it with Zayvon Collins. <laughs> the old jack of all trades. <laughs> God, I hope not. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a stressful one. But nevertheless, we've got more important things to talk about. And that's what's going on right now. Yes, sir. I wanted to take the temperature on some rookie seasons that we got going on so far. And so I have a list of rookies that you would buy or sell, given that trade deadlines are going to start coming up in Dynasty Leagues. Uh, they can range between week seven and week fourteen, so we'll we'll get at you early. And if you're you got an early trade deadline, then maybe you can make some stuff happen. Yeah, and just just off the rip, got a little start bench uh, cut for you. Oh baby, this one the the first one's not all rookies, but uh, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, C.D. Lamb. Mm, I saw this one. Uh, I saw this one on Twitter, and I gave it, if we're going with how it's going right now, I'm going Jamar Chase is starting, I'm benching CD, and I'm cutting Justin Jefferson. I, the, the, ta- the CD talent is just oozing off the screen every time he's playing. JJ probably has a path to more targets. Jamar Chase has been ridiculous. You can refer to the Monday pod of the Week 7 recap if you want to hear us gush about Jamar <laughs> Chase for about 15 minutes. Yeah, we love that boy. <laughs> yeah, but I'd go C.D. Lamb second. He, he He's dumb, and he's tied to Dak. That's yeah. that's the thing. And so, I yeah, I'll lean C.D. there. I That was the same way I would go. Uh, the Dak just outweighs the Kirk Cousins, yep. and I think that's pretty big factor, especially when that Cowboys offense is clicking. Everybody just feasts. All right. Number two, Rondale Moore, Rashad Bateman, Kadarius Toney. That's that's good. Okay. So we're going to start bench. So start for the rest of the season. Yes. Right. Okay. Yeah. Bench cut. Who am I cutting? Okay, I like Bateman's upside because there's a lot of targets in that offense that can go to him. But Mark Andrews is already trusted to take those targets. And Lamar likes throwing over the middle of the field better than outside. So I think I'm going to cut Bateman. I'm going to start Tony because when he plays, he's shown only production. And I'll bench Rondale. 
because he has that boom upside. And if he's basically a Christian Kirk handcuff as well. <laughs> so if anything happens to Christian Kirk, he'll get put into that role and explode. So I think that's where I'd go, but that that's a tough one. They're all right in that. I guess that's why you asked a good question. Yeah. yeah. Hey. <laughs> I have some of those from time to time. Uh, the way I would go is I would start Tony, I would bench Bateman, and I would cut Rondale. I think that yep. Cardinals wide receiver room is just too deep. So, like you said, he is more of a Christian Kirk handcuff. I just think the floor for Bateman week to week will be higher than Rondale's. And so that was my opinion on that one. That's fair. And I actually I, I did this in real life. I, I cut Rondale more and I kept Bateman. So maybe I'm just going back on my <laughs> word on this podcast, but... Now that I've seen Bateman healthy for a couple of weeks, it's like Rondale just looks so much more electric, but it's totally fair because they have like five viable receivers in, uh, not Carolina, on the Cardinals. Yeah. And then the last one I got, some running backs, Kenneth Gainwell, Javante Williams, Michael Carter. I'm going to cut Michael Carter because he's on the Jets. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'll start Javante, especially with a little bit of trade rumors circling around Melvin Gordon. Possibility he gets shipped out of town. So, yeah. But Kenneth, Kenneth Gainwell is starting. Miles know, Sanders but, out with a bad ankle. But it's a, it's a low ankle injury, so, like, he'll be back in a week. So, I'm not, I, I wouldn't bank on him. And that Eagles backfield is so stupid that you never know. <laughs> well, that's it's not the backfield's <laughs> fault. That, that's Sirianni. Just no, I, like... I mean Sirianni's still going to be the coach, though. Like yeah. uh, he's not going anywhere. <laughs> yeah, fair, completely fair. And I am keeping him. I'll keep him on my bench. But and then if uh, if Javante ends up not getting that workhorse role, maybe I'll slot <laughs> kind of Gainwell in there. But that's why he's staying on the bench. That's fair. Yeah, I think I, I think I would do the same. Okay. There's just the the floor of Javante is just way higher than Kenneth Gainwell, yeah. especially right now. Yeah, exactly. Because if they just go away from the like the run, like they do, the, their five games, carries a game. Yeah, <laughs> if they cut that if down to two, oh, man, it's getting <laughs> tough. Then, yeah, it could be kind of screwed starting Kenneth Gainwell, unless you're desperate. Hey, I picked him up in a couple leagues. So. <laughs> You never know. Be, you never know. He'll probably be good this week. Never know. If he's catching, what? Do you have nine catches last game? Eight? Or something ridiculous like that. It was more he than seven. Nine, yeah, he. I mean, he has 19 receptions on the season for 164 yards and a touchdown. So he's easily outpacing his rushing with his receiving. But with that, Let's roll on into our rookie temperature check. And uh, I'm going to tell you some guys. You'll tell me if you think they're buy, sell, or hold. And then we'll just have a little conversation about them. Because, obviously, I'm not going to say, like, the Najee Harris, yeah, Jamar Chase, like, the guys that are Kyle Pitts that are obviously holds. Yeah. Like, don't trade them. That's my PSA. PSA at the beginning of the segment. Don't don't trade these guys. 
But let's start off with Travis Etienne. Now, has, has the foot injury at the beginning of the season, goes down. James Robinson has been dominant since he's come in, looks exactly like he did last year. Now, if you drafted this player, he went number three overall in ADP on rookie drafts. Are you looking to get this player? Are you going to try to sell real low right now, or are you just going to hold? I think you just got to hold because you have no clue what this – what Etienne is as an NFL player. You've never seen him on the field. Um, you've never seen him in this offense. You've never seen how he's going to split time with James Robinson yet. So you'd, you'd be getting little to nothing if you try to move him um, because he it's you can't get any sort of measurement on his value uh, yeah. unless someone was like just through the roof on the guy. Like, well, that's why I, I but... think it makes it an interesting buy because like the the value is so depressed right now and like he's shown so much talent to be like a top three pick even in this ambiguous backfield like i don't know it's just i i, I would probably say hold too but buying is an interesting idea i i'm not going out of my way to buy a guy that's going to be in a committee backfield with james robinson who's proved he can be a top 10 running back <laughs> if he has yeah. no competition so that's, that's fair all right, and now we got two guys in a row that their numbers look a lot worse because Jamar Chase is lighting the league on fire. So first is Jalen Waddle. Jalen Waddle has 44 receptions for 384 yards and three touchdowns. Why is this interesting? Because Jamar Chase has nine less receptions and 400 more yards <laughs> and three more touchdowns. So the the thing is, it's like people want these wide receivers to pop right away like Jamar Chase is. Jalen Waddell has not so far, and our next guy, Devontae Smith, has not so far. But they're both making solid pace for a rookie wide receiver. But then you have Jamar Chase, who is the cream that rose to the top, and it's like, damn, are these guys that good? Yeah. So what do you think about Jalen Waddell? Um, I would be looking to both buy and sell Waddle. Uh, it all depends where you are, because this is a guy that, f- over the last five weeks, his floor has been pretty steady. So if you need a guy to plug into your flex, if you need even a low, low-end wide receiver two or wide receiver three in a league, uh, I think Waddle is safe enough to get you the production you'll need to to have steadiness at that spot. And we just, we don't know what's going on with the quarterback situation. So from a buyer standpoint, you're buying him hoping that Sean Watson gets traded there. All of the off the field issues get resolved. Watson can play and he can turn Waddle into what we want him to be, which is not a possession receiver but a guy blowing the top off of defenses. Yeah. So that's the buying perspective. Um, the selling perspective from the other side is, again, if you are kind of down bad, you know, right now, <laughs> you think this guy was supposed to be popping off, you're kind of skeptical about the entire situation. You don't know who's even going to be playing quarterback if they bring Deshaun Watson in because two is probably leaving town. So you're looking at Jacoby Brissett being right. the starting quarterback. 
or even who next year. So if, if you're just kind of put off from the entire situation, um, that's why you could sell, maybe get a late first back, a little something, or maybe a wide receiver in a better situation that's got a more established rapport with their quarterback. All depends what your team's looking like now, whether you want that consistency or you're going to try to sell that consistency that's been happening. Yeah, and I don't know if, like, what you were expecting when you drafted Jalen Waddle, but if you expected him to, like, have this electric downfield connection with Tua, you were probably a little delusional because... <laughs> it's just not something Tua, that's going to happen yeah, with Tua. Tua, yeah, Tua hasn't been a downfield passer. He's only played eight full games. Let's keep that in mind. But in those eight full games, he has not been a downfield passer. No. So uh, Jalen Waddell, it seems like the offense is going to scheme him to be open in the middle of the field. So he's not going to be blowing the top off the defense. Now, if they do get a different quarterback, like Joe said, and they go the Watson angle, that could change. But they also have other field stretchers on this team that can do that. So it, I, I wouldn't be banking on that upside. All that said, I'd buy Jalen Waddle because he's having a depressed season in comparison to Jamar Chase. So somebody might be a little bit soured on him based on the fact that his ADP was so high and Kyle Pitts, Najee, Jamar Chase are all doing so well that it's like, oh, well, that's just Jalen Waddle. But at the same time, the talent is there and the volume is there. It's just kind of all got to come together with, like, big plays and then he'll be really good yeah that i think if you put him in the jamar chase role with cincinnati he's making those big plays that chase is making right too you know and then heisman winner Devontae smith i'm buying (laughs) i'm buying Devontae smith i I think probably for the same reason yeah you're hoping Jalen Hurts isn't the quarterback next year. You're hoping that they get anybody out there that's more accurate, can read a field, will sit in the pocket a little longer, and get this guy the ball because dude is nice. It's true. It's true. Every time he touches the ball, it's like, oh, yeah, that's nice. He has a couple toe taps, and it's like, that's the kind of that's the kind of receiver I want. <laughs> but, yeah, I yeah. – you gotta gotta go buy Devonte Smith if anybody's low on him right now. Uh, don't be upset if you're a Devonte Smith if you have Devonte Smith on your roster because like he's very inconsistent. But that's just due to Jalen Hurts. Yeah, you gotta imagine if they have a pocket passer next year, or if they just have anybody that can distribute the ball across the field to their playmakers, like we were saying on Monday. This guy is electric. So he ha- he's tied for the Philadelphia record of receptions in their first seven games. Like, he is good. Don't let Jamar Chase put a damper on Jalen Waddell and Devontae Smith. Go buy these guys. And Devontae Smith is just clearly the best wide receiver on his team. You know, Waddell's yeah. got competition with... Granted, they're never healthy, but Devontae Parker and Will Fuller, which is... Mike Kosicki. Those are two guys are much better than anybody that is running routes in Philadelphia outside of Devontae Smith. 
Very true. All right, moving on away from the wide receivers. Uh, Javante Williams, also in an interesting situation with competition in the backfield. Got a 50-50 split like we talk about every week. Yep. But putting up respectable numbers, he has 69 rushes, 320 yards and a touchdown, 20 receptions for 122 and a touchdown. Oh, I like that. So what, what are we doing with Javante? I am holding or buying. Yeah. You want to keep this guy around at least till next Tuesday when we get some more news. And I don't think his floor is ever going to go down. He's They're going to split that time 50-50. No one's going to outpace the other one, it seems like. It doesn't seem like either of them. Well, Melvin uh, Gordon had the really good week one just because he broke, what, like a 70- or 60-yard run? <laughs> that yeah. that was that was literally the only week that there's been that significance of a difference between the two backs. So, and then if you have the two, you know, already established starting running backs on your team, go get this guy. Let him ride your pine and just wait for that upside to happen. I mean, that's something I wanted to do last year with Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones. I wanted to grab Leonard Fournette all last year. Just because this year, it was like, if he doesn't go back to Tampa, he's probably going somewhere and he's going to be the starting running back. But in this case, he stayed in Tampa and he just completely took over the backfield <laughs> and he's a top yeah. 10 running back. So Javante yep. Williams is in that same situation and he's got that upside. He's young. He's obviously, he's a rookie. So hold or buy. Yes. Go go get some Javante. Again, I, this is three guys in a row that were saying go buy or hold like the receiving upside is something I didn't expect with Javante where it's like he's producing through the air he's got a touchdown through the air and he's doing what we expected on the ground where he's getting like the hard yards and then he bursts he like pops one nice run every game yep but yeah I'd say I'd go go get some Javante if if you're privy to that uh move on to some less certain guys because th- those those were pretty yeah high picks all those were f- top 7 dynasty rookie picks so now we'll go to guys that have had a rough start so far so first of all we'll go Terrace Marshall Terrace Marshall had an ADP of 11 so he was either first round in 12 team leagues or top of the second round in 10 team leagues he has 14 receptions for 116 yards, no touchdowns on the season. He is at least third in the pecking order. Brian Zilstra has been outperforming him so far. How worried are you about Terrace Marshall? What do you think? I I, I mean, I'd be trying to sell, but it, you're not really going to get anything. Like you said, yeah. he's third in the pecking order, and now you're seeing Tommy Tremble get more involved too. Even though Sam Donald sucks. So yep. uh, you really don't want a Carolina pass catcher <laughs> at all. Yep. And, yeah, I, I'm even turned off on Chuba <laughs> just because <Yeah>. this offense <laughs> is just incompetent now all of a sudden. Darnold just – him and Dan Jones just forgot how to football and went back to their old ways for a little bit. No, Dan Jones popped back a little bit last week. But yeah. Darnold is do-do. So yeah, I, I'm I'm out on Terrace Marshall. 
All right. So, what do you like? What what would you sell Terrace Marshall for right now? Is the question. Like, is, is there? Do you think there's somebody like high enough on him that you can like pitch? Hey, this guy, bottom of the first last year. You think it like? You, could you even get a late first for him right now, or are you shipping him off for like a second round pick? You're you're lucky to get a mid second round pick right now, mm. unless okay. you're ringing Mingo's bell. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he still loves him. <laughs> All right. How about a quarterback who has had a very funky start to the beginning of this season? Trey Lance has had one start. He has a 354 yards passing, three touchdowns and a pick. He has 27 rushes for 133 yards and a touchdown. Obviously, that's not all from the one start, but... Yeah, most of it came from that one start against Arizona. I am. <sighs> yeah, I'm either holding tough. or I'm selling. Okay, I'm selling on the upside. I'm trying to get a first for him. If if I, if I'm in the position that I draft him because I need the quarterback of the future, Shanahan, you know I. I you know how I like Shanahan. You know I don't. So I'm, I'm out pretty much just on quarterbacks in that system. Either way. And so. You kind of didn't expect him. To start, right away. And then he got his start, and it was good from a fantasy perspective to start. Yep. But. Yeah. Santa, well, he looked like a rookie quarterback out there. We're gonna wait yeah. till he has a good week of practice to reevaluate where the quarterback situation. I just, I can't do it with Shanahan, and I'm sure someone else in the league is more than willing to take the chance on him. And so, if you can get a first and take a shot at one of the quarterbacks in this next draft. I'd be doing that just because they'll probably be landing in better situations than I think Trey Lance is in. Yeah, I, I, I was between hold and sell on Trey Lance. I think I'm gonna land on hold, but the the passing looks bad so far, and the way Shanahan's talking about him where it's like, yeah, I mean, I know that he sucks. We all know that he sucks. We're in the building. Why do you think I didn't play him? And so it's hard to like go against that evaluation where you see it on the field then. And it's like, Oh yeah, that doesn't look very good. And then (laughs) Then you realize you got the coach. Yeah. Right. And and then you realize he hasn't played football very much. Just like he hasn't started at quarterback, period, for very many games. It's like 13 total games. So he looked pretty good in terms of that, but as an NFL quarterback, it's just hard to see the path. But if you can, like, confidently say, yeah, Trey Lance is going to get better, he's going to take that, like, Josh Allen route, then hold him. But if not, I'd, I'd be trying to sell him to the biggest Trey Lance guy in your league. And then the the other funky quarterback, Justin Fields. What are what are we doing with Justin Fields? You're holding. I, I don't really. You're holding. You're holding. You're assuming Nagy's going to get fired. 
they're running he's still running the Andy Dalton offense with Justin Fields and that's just not it it looks like Nagy's trying to prove that it's his system that's gonna make the quarterback you know it it feels like he still wants Andy Dalton to be the starter but he's probably getting word from ownership that Justin Fields is the future so that you want to start Justin Fields you got to start Justin Fields in I think Nagy's trying to you know make himself look good I mean he basically was like yeah Laser was calling the plays but you know I'm still the head coach type of thing yeah and so I think once Nagy's out of town and you know this offensive head coach in Matt Nagy put up three points against a secondary that was starting the fourth string secondaries off the practice squad yeah in Tampa Bay so no we we still haven't even seen Justin Fields play a game with a game script like for his yeah. skills it seemed like that first game that Bill Lazor called plays for was the most beneficial for him and it was his best game yet and then they go and revert back to just the quick pass first so Justin Fields holds the ball he likes to scramble make decisions their offensive line is awful horrible just like so bad. At a guy off the street. <laughs> yeah. And so you take that into account and it's like, what is he supposed to do? And then if there's bad play calling on top of it, what is he supposed to do? He has his number one receiver is last in the league in separation in terms of Allen Robinson. Stops running his routes. He's, yeah. He doesn't care anymore. It doesn't look like he just like doesn't want to play for the bears because they didn't give him an extension. And then Darnell Mooney is their effective number one receiver. He was drafted in the fifth round last year. He's undersized. Like, he's good, but damn. <laughs> You're looking at so, Cole Komet. Yeah. As his I, I, most reliable uh, pass catcher. And whoever 87 is that they keep targeting in the red zone. Ah, I don't. Well, Jesper. Yeah, Jesper Horstead. Yeah. I, I, so a lot is going wrong in Chicago, and the fact that he's – in Chicago makes me want to sell but I would also hold in hopes that they change up the coaching staff next year but if they don't you could be in trouble yeah I guess that the Bears aren't known to fire a coach mid-season so you're probably going to see Nagy the entire season which is just going to be painful and I'm worried for Justin Fields' health behind that old line. I mean, it took, what, two games, three games, and Andy Dalton was hurt yeah. from being behind that old line Yep. So it's like, you're trying to kill this kid just to try and prove a point if you're Matt Nagy. And it's like, bruh, yeah. you can't be they doing that. All right, so you're holding fields. I'm probably holding fields, but I'm thinking about selling them if there's not any word about Matt Nagy going at the end of the season. If if the trade deadline comes around and there's some rumbling, like, oh, Matt Nagy's probably on his way out, then you're good. But if it if they don't get rid of Nagy, then I'd, I'd be a little bit worried. But moving on, uh, what are – What's up with the Trey Sermon situation? 
he's in the Shanahan 49ers, just Shanahan. He, he, he had two games over 50% of snaps, and in those two games, he produced 31 rushes for 135 yards and a touchdown. He's also the only healthy running back. Right. So, is there any chance that Shanahan gets over himself? No. And, like, plays just the good running backs? Or is he just like, ah, Trey Sermon, you're you're sitting down all year? Well, Elijah Mitchell's looking pretty good. So, yep. th- of course, th- that rookie running back is looking good. True. <laughs> True. But it, it's the Shanahan offense, and... Like, everybody's hurt. <laughs> Most yeah. hurt is hurt. I don't know when Jeff Wilson Jr. is coming back. So, you're looking at Elijah Mitchell, and he clearly trusts him, and he didn't trust Trey Sermon. And then he had to go to Sermon because he had no other options other than Kyle Juszczyk, which he gave a lot of work to. Yeah. So. Don't trust him. Don't. Mm-mm. I would. Sell him if you can. Sell. Yeah. Big sell. Uh, Pat Fryermuth, I'm interested in. I'm, I'm, yeah, I like, I like Pat. Uh, tight end in the in the Steelers' offense is usually good in the red zone. Um, Heath Miller was fantastic for years. Uh, Jesse James in the couple years he was the number one. You know, and then they bring in Ebron now. Uh, he was he was good the last two years or last year and this year, so. Yeah, I, I like Steelers tight ends. I, I'd be sticking sticking with Pat. I don't know if I'd be going out of my way to buy him, uh, but I'd definitely be sticking with him. Okay. I I think I'd be trying to buy Fryermuth. I He's really interesting to me. He had a really good game, his last game before the bye, and then... Usually, rookie tight ends start to come on a little bit in the second half of the season, but they don't really pop until later on. So, I, I'd i be interested in buying Pat Fryermuth, and like you said, tight ends in that system usually pop off. And it doesn't sound like Mike Tomlin's going anywhere. No, <laughs> not at all. Love me some Mike Tomlin. Me too. He's like, never say never, but I ain't fucking going there. <laughs> <laughs> and what uh, kind of Eric dumb Ebron. question is this? Are you yeah, asking right, Sean like, Payton this? Are you asking okay. Andy Reid? Come on, man. God, man. Love Mike Tom. Eric Ebron is a free agent after this year as well, if that changes your mind at all. Maybe. 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 Okay. I don't I don't it not someone I'd be going out of my way. Okay. Still. But, like, if you got him, ooh, you're licking your chops then. And then the the one that I was most interested to, like, just hear what you have to say is Khalil Herbert, who has been on a tear in his last two games. He took over the starting role when Damian Williams went down with COVID. And Damian Williams was back last game, and Khalil Herbert still held on to that starting role. Do you hold him as a handcuff to David Montgomery? Do you sell him now while he's at his like peak value probably? Or are you going out to get him to like have as that handcuff on your roster? Um 
I'm selling him. He's, like you said, he is at peak value right now. And Montgomery's probably out, what, two more weeks? So if someone's in that much of a bind right now trying to make a push or, like, really needs to pick up wins is, I mean, you know how uh, much running backs are treasured this year it seems more than any other year for some reason so like if you you can sell him as oh this is going to be a started running back for this many more weeks i would i would do it yeah he's i i think he's still the third running back in the depth chart because damian uh williams might start this week he might that's true so you you don't know he he found the spot because of two injuries, well, an injury and then COVID, so you don't know what he's going to do with, uh, you know, Damian Williams and Dave Montgomery healthy. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree that with uh, Dave Montgomery and Damian Williams, he's obviously not really an option, like a fantasy-relevant option. It's just like the idea that he has shown enough to be second on this depth chart and then you can kind of hold him as a handcuff, especially if you have David Montgomery. He can be kind of yeah. that that Mullen that he's been so far, but he can he can replace that production near one hundred percent, like an Alexander Madison, like you know, whoever. Yeah, all those other guys. I think it's really it seems exactly like how the Packers running backs were last year. Montgomery is your Aaron Jones. Damian Williams is your Jamal Williams. Cleo Herbert is your A.J. Dillon. So if next year, if Damian Williams isn't there, Herbert's probably getting those secondary touches. Yeah. So that, that'd be my guess, just like A.J. Dillon and uh, Aaron Jones are this year. You might see that. I just hope they don't try to completely 50-50 this backfield and make David Montgomery completely irrelevant. And That's a little bit what I'm worried about with Montgomery's injury. It's like if he's a little bit hobbled for the rest of the year, then you might be seeing more and more of Damon Williams and Khalil Herbert, and that'd be a little bit whack. Which is something you've seen under Matt Nagy over the last however many years that he's been the head coach. All right, and last but not least, we got Kenneth Gainwell. What are, you, what are you thinking about with him? He's taken over the starting role now with Miles Sanders out. Uh, he, like I said before, outpacing himself in re- receiving than he is in rushing. He has 26 carries, 120 yards, two touchdowns, 19 receptions, 164 yards, and a touchdown. What are, what are we doing with this weird Eagles backfield? You're selling at peak value, so you don't have to have a piece of the Eagles backfield. I like that. They don't get... Double digit carries very often as an entire backfield. <laughs> so so if if you're relying on a running back that's just catching passes, I would go get someone like JD McKissick or even a Naheem Hines, someone that that is their role in the offense. And they'll get a couple complimentary carries here and there. Right. Don't want Kenneth game. That's fair. Yeah, I I would also sell Kenneth Gainwell right now. I mean the the only thing you'd worry about with selling Kenneth Gainwell is if they draft a Matt Corral, a Kenny Pickett next year, where they're more of a pocket presence and they'll be throwing checkdowns. 
But if Sirianni's still the coach and still has the mindset of only run when we need to, <laughs> then it, it probably won't matter at the end of the day anyway. And Miles Sanders, I don't think, is going anywhere. Yeah, probably not. So he's still he's still really good back when he gets the workload. Absolutely. So a guy that can break the big play, go crazy. Yep. So. RB two Kenneth Gainwell on his own team that is really only that good at catching passes, on a team that has an RB one that's good at catching passes. Yep. So sell now if you can because it, there might not be much after this year because you could get some pretty solid value like you said with Khalil Herbert where he has yeah. a backfield and he's going to be getting most of the carries with Miles Sanders and if somebody's desperate enough and needs somebody to man that RB1 slot in their lineup for a week or two then you could be able to get more than where you drafted him he was the 23 overall ADP which is either late second early third round so Interesting, interesting prospect with Kenneth Gainwell. I agree. But we are cutting our pod a little short today because we have a fantastic conversation interview type deal with a up-and-coming member of the Dynasty community. Caleb Schmidt, a.k.a. at Keelpro. 88 on Twitter. We will transition you over there now. We are joined by a special guest today. He is a film room editor for Dynasty Nerds, a member of the IDP Army, a film grinder with YouTube to show it, KeelPro88 on YouTube, and the host of the KeelPro Dynasty show. But what we are here for today he is the author of the Dynasty Index, a comprehensive ranking of everything from the NFL today, as well as rookie rankings from 2022 to 2024. Hello, Caleb. What is going on, fellas? I'm glad I could finally hop on the podcast, uh, talk a little prospect. I've been watching a ton of film. I don't know how much you guys have seen. It seems like Joe is completely <laughs> in the dark, and Colin this has is- at least been following a little bit. It's true. I I don't watch college football. <laughs> <laughs> I've been dabbling. I've been trying to keep up since I'm I'm into the dynasty kind of grind lately. But it's a little early for me to start watching college football usually. But uh, some names have been popping off the page, and I'm subscribed to the index. So as people are rising and falling, I like to kind of check up on them. Sure. Yeah. Honestly, I've I really didn't watch a ton of college football either. Um, growing up as much at least the past few years it's pretty much nfl and then once the season's over you know i edit all the games and do that but i've been following along this season for whatever reason it's been fun uh and it's kind of cool keeping track of these guys especially in a quarterback class that's wide open seeing how these guys sort of progress week to week risers fallers we've had plenty of those so it's been it's been fun to follow fair enough fair enough so well, then right off the jump, what would you say is the deepest position in this 2022 draft coming up? Um, I'm going to stick the st- skill position guys right now just because that's pretty much what I've been watching. So um, I think you had both your quote was deepest and highest top end talent. Yeah, I think it's hmm, I think receiver kind of hits both those. Um, 
Traylon Burks kind of kicks things off. Everyone's talking about him as this size speed specimen, and, and that's what he is. And he's more than just like an outside guy where like you saw DK Metcalf in college would just run from one side of the field, wasn't really all that diverse. Traylon Burks can line up all over the field, and um, I know some people compare him to A.J. Brown. I don't know if he's quite as good after the catch, but he's got that spot size speed as well as, like, I, I can't remember. He has, like, three, how whatever X his gloves are. They're custom-made gloves because his hands are so big, and he's mm, made cool. a number of one-handed catches. So don't have to worry about drops either with him. So that's why... Um, I mean, he's my top guy, but you can just go down the line. I mean, you've got the Ohio State receivers. People love to talk about Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave. Another Big Ten receiver, David Bell. George Pickens, who's coming off a torn ACL. Um, we'll see if he should be declaring, but he's a top guy. So, And that's just the start of it. I mean, I haven't really even dug in super deep yet, and there's already like, I don't know, I have six guys here that are – round one, round two talent, and a, a plethora of more that should be joining that. So I don't know if it's sort of turning into a trend, but, like, every year the receiving class is just, like, really nice. Like, we haven't had a lackluster one in a while, so um, kind of keeping up the trend of that. Yeah, and then kind of staying on the topic of Traylon Burks, we had that incredible 2020 wide receiver class with C.D. Lamb, Justin Jefferson, Jerry Judy, T. Higgins, Chase Claypool, LaVisca Chenault, just on and on the list goes. But if he's this elite, elite wide receiver prospect where you're copying him to maybe A.J. Brown and he has like a type of build almost like Julio Jones where he's this huge receiver that can blow by people and then at the also in addition to that can make these incredible contested catches where would you rank them in that kind of historic 2020 wide receiver class yeah i was looking back at my rankings here and with what i have right now it's early he'd be still be behind cd lamb i mean i had a really high grade on cd lamb but as, as you should I yeah love me cd lamb <laughs> right now he's right around where i had jerry judy who was mm. just a, a couple, not, like a notch below. So, yeah, he'd be probably probably my number two receiver in that class. And honestly, looking back at it, I was probably a little too low on guys like T. Higgins and Justin Jefferson. Not that I didn't like them. It was just there was a lot of good players, and I ended up being a little lower on them than I should have been. But, yeah, he would right now he would rank as my number two receiver in that class. So very good prospect. I like that. I like me some Traylon Burks, too. Every time I watch him, he just jumps off the screen. One of the few yeah. guys I actually watched. Watched that <laughs> Arkansas A&M game. So. Ooh. Yeah, I mean, he's a tough guy to miss. And uh, definitely, I mean, right now the tier at the top is sort of him. And then barely below him, I'd say Garrett Wilson out of Ohio State. Two completely different receivers. Like, uh, Garrett Wilson is not a size speed specimen by any means. He's six foot one ninety three. Traylon Burks is six three two twenty five. But uh, we want to talk about Garrett Wilson. I kind of compare him to like a Jerry Judy, where, where mm. I have him because he's like an elite route runner, just knows how to get open. Um, sort of has that little shiftiness to him, where he can like has that little dead leg move, where he, you just can't really predict where he's moving. That's why I'm a big fan of him. Like if you're if you like guys that just get open, are precise route runners, like I said, like a Jerry Judy, that that's this guy in this class. He's really good. 
that's that's what I like. That sweet feet, bro. <laughs> the route runner. Yeah, I sweet mean, feet. Ooh. everybody loves the size, speed specimens, and for good reason. But I feel like over the years, these maybe a little smaller guys who can separate better have become the sort of top guys that people are looking for. Where the the freaks kind of have a lot of risk carried to them. So. I don't feel as worried about Traylon Burks as like falling into like a Nikhil Harry type thing or anything, but um, I'd say Garrett Wilson's probably the safer pick. But Traylon Burks, the the ceiling is so high that I have a hard time moving him off number one. Well, you kind of saw that last year with like Jamar Chase being the athletic freak that he is, and then Devontae Smith being the like, yeah. surgical route running type, and they were. Jamar Chase was generally ranked higher, and now you're seeing that play out in the NFL. But it seems like the route-running guys, the, the ones that are kind of more prone to getting just wide open, is a lot easier to fit into any offense in the NFL. You don't really need a quarterback that's, like, super elite to supplement uh, a route-runner like Garrett Wilson, like you're talking about, or like Jerry Judy, or down the list goes. Yeah, these guys are like a quarterback's best friend where they're reliable that, you know, even if they're struggling, they can throw it their way. They'll probably have separation, whereas, you know, I mean, Traylon Burks can still get open pretty well, and that's why he's still that. But uh, when you're looking at it, you know, it, it's it's to each their own. I mean, looking at the rest of these guys, uh, George Pickens is that same case. He's 6'3", 200. And he is a beast at the catch point, you know, contested catch everything, uh, great hands. But he's sort of, he's on the slower side, and he's coming off an ACL tear. So I don't think he's going to be any faster. Um, so that's that's one of those things that would worry me a little bit, where you, you were hoping to see him take strides this year. Like, Pickens has been talked about for a while. Like, he's always been sort of like, yeah, George Pickens, 2022, that's the guy. But now that kind of compromises things where... I'm not sure if we see him go round one, even with what he's done in college and how good he's looked. Um, his ability to separate kind of irks me a little bit. But, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a solid class just digging into it early here. Last year's class, you know, you had Trevor Lawrence being the, like, de facto number one. You know, he was the quarterback out of Clemson. He was just everything that you thought, you know, you needed – out of a quarterback, uh, this this quarterback class you mentioned it earlier is like kind of up in the air. Uh, so who who are the names that are worth listening to to see if one can get an edge off of someone else? Yeah, this quarterback class is interesting because people like to hate on it, but I still when I look at these guys and there's another guy I've added here. I mean, I see like f- four or five guys that could go round one, maybe not all early but all guys that I can see with the upside they have going round one. Um, the guy I have at the top, I know I said it's up in the air. That's more of a, a draft uh, Twitter thing. Like everyone's sort of like trying to pick their guy. I think Matt Corral out of Ole Miss is number one, and it's it's not particularly close for me. He blew me away. He was uh, sort of unknown as he was coming to this year for me. I know uh, Carter had a, a future on him for Heisman. I just should just tail that guy for this kind of stuff. But <laughs> he he makes some unbelievable throws. I mean, when I first watched him, it was unbelievable. The, the release, the ball jumps out of his hand, great velocity. 
and the mobility as well paired with that. I mean, he has a ton of rushing touchdowns on the season, so you don't have to worry about this guy being stagnant in the pocket. I mean, he he's a mobile quarterback too. When you pair that with that arm talent, how much better he has become over this season from last. I mean, he had like a a five interception game or something against like Tennessee last year or some team. And this year, I don't even think he has that many interceptions on the season. So um, I think he's really progressed to the point where, I mean, there's not really, it's tough to find flaws in his game for me. Like sometimes the deep ball can hover, can put receivers in bad positions, but he's just deadly. And I'm a really big fan and I think He's most likely going to be the number one quarterback called when it's all said and done. Is this a guy that you could see adding to a team like the Detroit Lions (laughs) that could take them out of that dumpster fire they're in right now with Goff behind the helm and elevate them to a more competent team? Yeah, my my ultimate dream was the Pittsburgh Steelers, but it appears they're winning games now, so (laughs) that's apparently out of the question. Um yeah, for these cellar dwellers, this is a guy that definitely, I mean, with the tools he has, you know, even if you don't maybe have the best offensive line, uh, he can make up for that with his ability to throw the ball. And, like, Detroit's not a great situation. Like, the receivers are sort of pretty, not sort of, they are raw <laughs> at receiving. Like, there's some guys we like, but they're raw. Um, but, the, I mean, if they're in a position to take a quarterback, I mean, I mean, it depends because there's another quarterback in here that might have more upside than a than a Matt Corral too. So um, I'll just jump into those. There's a couple guys who are uh, hot topics. Basically, it's Malik Willis from Liberty and uh, Desmond Ritter from Cincinnati, who I've talked about on Twitter a decent amount. Uh, Malik Willis, Liberty, so. <laughs> Um, I know we like to talk about lack of competition, but I mean, it was a guy who was recruited by Auburn, I believe. So he's got a pedigree already. He was highly recruited. Uh, You want to talk about, I can see people comparing Malik Willis to Lamar Jackson. So, um, I mean, he's got unbelievable as a runner and then he can make any throw. So the main thing was with him was just turnovers, accuracy a little bit were, were issues. And it's, it's improved this season. Obviously, the competition we talk about isn't the best, but it's a guy with a ton of upside uh, at the quarterback position. So uh, you could shoot for a guy like that or Desmond Ritter, who I mentioned, who I was really high on coming into the season. Like I said, he's been working with the magic arm guy who fixes accuracy. I don't know if the accuracy has been completely <laughs> fixed, unfortunately. Uh he is he is he working he with shows, him while he's while he's sitting on the bench during games? I I would hope they <laughs> they pay whatever it takes to get him on the sideline because <laughs> he is very streaky still. I think he's a little less miss heavy like he was last year. Like he's almost a. I mean, I think they're talking about him as a Heisman contender, but he's still. It's like you got the athleticism, you got the arm, just has to put it together. So those are sort of the guys that are like. If you want to shoot for the stars, Ritter, Malik, Corral's probably that number one guy, but I can see Ritter and Willis being first round picks too. So you you have a rating system for these quarterbacks on the Dynasty Index where you have them all rated with a number between sixty and ninety five. Ninety five being an all pro, 
this is obviously your projections. And then mm-hmm. 85 to 90 being a high-end starter, 80 to 85 being a consistent starter. You have Malik Willis sitting at an 83 rating, which would be a consistent starter. So, does yeah, it's with the with the the small school, like you mentioned, people like to talk about it. But at the end of the day, he's still playing pretty bad competition. Does, does that concern you at the end of the day, having him come into the NFL? and having a lot of these small school quarterbacks not really get a shot to take over an offense. Yeah, it's an interesting debate seeing how some of these guys have played out. Um, It's something you have to look at, but overall I think the talent wins out in what you see. Like when you watch Trey Lance at North Dakota State, I mean, it doesn't matter if he's playing Pee Wee or, or, or Alabama that arm strength translates to the NFL when you can throw it like that, and that mobility translates. Does it make it a little easier when you're when you're batting off against some of these teams that uh, aren't very good? I mean, yeah. I mean, it makes him look a lot better than he was. But in the same sense, you know, he didn't turn the ball over at all or anything, whereas Malik Willis had some turnover issues at Liberty, which is why, I mean, I, mean, I love Trey Lance. Um, but... I wouldn't worry about it as much. I mean, you see busts. I don't want to call any of these guys busts, but you see it from all like power five schools too. Like, I don't know if I weigh in as much. I mean, you could look at guys like Sam Darnold went to USC and he's just sort of what he is. Like, I don't know if, if I'd pick on smaller school guys. I think that the cream rises to the top and uh, I wouldn't really worry about it as much with what some of these quarterbacks have been doing. So speaking of what quarterbacks have been doing, uh, what happened to Spencer Rattler? Oh, God. Oh, it is tragic what has gone on here. I mean, he was my, I think my preseason QB1. You watched him uh, uh, last year. He has all the tools, all the talents in the world. We're just sort of looking for him to take that next step this year. And he took like five steps backwards. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't really know, like... The, the there were just a lot of issues with how he was playing, just not reading the field well, forcing balls in the bad spots, constantly just like backpedaling, um, just not having any pocket presence at all. And I, I don't know what happened. I mean, this is a guy who's dominated going through high school and then he's he's dominated early into his college career and just through a matter of four or five weeks here he's already lost his he's gone from a round one pick to a losing his starting job and I mean Caleb Williams is a baller too for Oklahoma so they they just got a guy they can throw in and be a future round one pick uh but I don't really know how how he bounces back from this I mean does he transfer and play again next year does he enter the draft that's kind of what's on everyone's mind like he still has the talent but it's just I don't know how you bounce back from this it's really tough situation if he did decide to declare with no other like college experience under his belt, if he doesn't start another game, what even happens to at that point? Does, does he even get drafted at that point? He gets drafted. It's just a matter of where. It's not round one anymore. It might not be round two. Well, okay. I'd say what, if, what if a team like the Steelers decides to take the chance on – rattler like later in the first round where they're i mean obviously they need o-line but they have a lot of positions fulfilled 
and they really need that quarterback of the future. Like seeing the talent with Rattler in in the past, and then having his recent struggles. Do you think a team takes that kind of dart throw at him and tries to kind of fix him? I think I'd rather just go with like a Desmond Ritter if he's falling that far. I mean, and there's some other names in here too. Um, I mean, I didn't even talk about Sam Howell, who's like, I mean, he's Baker Mayfield. He's not like a high upside we guy. We love but... Baker Mayfield here. <laughs> oh, oh, oh boy. I mean, if you want a starting quarterback, I think S- Sam Howell is uh, is that guy. Like, he's not. I feel like he's just going to be a frustrating quarterback where it's like, I don't know if he's ever going to take you to the next level, but he's, he's good. So you still got him. He'll go top 10. And then there's one more guy that's popped up here out of nowhere that I should recommend people to go watch. Kenny Pickett. It, there was sort of, I think it was like an SI article that, that came out that's had had him going number one overall. And everyone was like, what the hell are you looking at, buddy? <laughs> And after last season, like, he didn't play good. He had, like, double-digit interceptions. I did a film game of him, and he didn't look great. But this year, I think he's got uh, around 20 touchdowns, one interception, and I just did a game of him, and he looks really mm-hmm. good. Like, I was shocked. Like, I think he might go round one. Uh, I I think he will go round one. Um, I don't know what it was about him. <laughs> I, I was talking to Donnie about it, and uh, so pick it. I don't. The first thing that came to my mind when watching the two games from this year was Justin Herbert. And I I didn't know if it was the blonde hair flow that was playing tricks on my brain. But he can spin the ball, and he's got good mobility for a big dude. Like, I think he's going to be a, a riser big time, and that would be a name I'd like to see to go to Pittsburgh. Like, Rattler... I just don't know. I just would rather take a dart throw on any of these other guys that have kept their starting job, have produced really well this season. I just I'm wondering where Rattler's head's gonna be at after this season. I I just I'm worried he's not gonna be able to rebound and put it back together. But I'm you know, second round, if you if you want to go for it, you might as well. Like you got nothing to lose. Yeah. Maybe maybe Rattler should transfer to a small school so he can beat up on uh, <laughs> what Hampton and Maine and Western Kentucky and maybe maybe his draft stock would rise a little bit. That would be wild. <laughs> I mean, Malik Willis goes to the NFL, Rattler transfers to Liberty, <laughs> and we see what happens. Then we, that's the real decider about those two careers. Oh, uh, all right. So we can move on to your running backs in this 2022 class because it's kind of a, a interesting class with. Spiller being at the top for you, Brees Hall, who we kind of assumed would be the number one, but is dropped down to number two on your ranks. But the one guy I kind of want to hear about, because I haven't seen much of him, is Kenneth Walker, who's been a riser up to number five in your rankings out of Michigan State. So if, if you have a comparison, throw one out there. But as of now, where do you want to see him in the NFL? Like, what team is ideal for his style? Yeah, he's interesting. It's another, like Kenny Pickett added, you know, the quarterbacks making that class look a little better. Kenneth Walker joins the running back class here, sort of, and makes it look a little better. Like, I talked about on my previous podcast, I was like, you know, the 2022 class, it's all right. 
it's nothing. I don't know if it's anything special. Maybe a little underwhelming, but some of these guys like Pickett and Walker coming into the fold all of a sudden are, are making me feel a little better. Um, Walker transferred from Wake Forest. Was a pretty decent prospect there. Just didn't get a ton of run. Now he comes to Michigan State, and he is absolutely lighting up uh, the earth. I mean, he is putting up Heisman Trophy running back numbers, 100-yard games, 200-yard games. I mean, he is that offense. And, you know, 5'10", 200, he's got good size. He's got great burst, breakaway speed. He can bounce runs outside, good vision. Um, He's got a lot of the stuff you like. Uh, He does have some weaknesses, though, where... Pat, uh, yeah, we have to see how he does as a three-down back because he sucks in pass, pass protection, and he he's not utilized it at all as a receiver. But as a pure runner, he's stacking up as one of the best in this class. And honestly, I could see him moving up in my rankings right up there with uh, uh, Spiller, Hall, and Charbonnet, who I like a lot. Um, so, yeah, this is a big development for this running back class, a guy I could definitely see – maybe in that late first rookie draft, early second territory. And I think a good fit for him would be the Atlanta Falcons, where, you know, I like Mike Davis and Cordell Patterson, but they need just like a, a pure runner for Arthur Smith who can just tote the rock and, and and do things with it. And I think he would fit perfectly into that offense as a guy who if maybe he's not going to be a three-down guy right away, but has that that burst, that breakaway speed, where you know Mike Davis ain't going to be breaking off any runs over like 15 yards. So you bring in Kenneth Walker, and all of a sudden it's like, all right, we see a little potential here. So that that that's a good fit, I would like with uh, him. Another guy we love on the on the Firestarters podcast, Cordero Patterson. <laughs> <laughs> Don't I, get me started. Yeah, I was on a uh, podcast earlier today, and that was one of the things was biggest surprises so far this year. I was like, Cordero Patterson. I'm like, find me one person who saw this coming. <laughs> I mean, there's Cordero's Patterson stands out there, but they, I don't think anyone saw this coming. You want to plug the podcast you're on? Oh, it's uh, the Weekly Huddle. Um, unfortunately, the audio, we had issues, so oh, we lost no. on it. But oh. Yeah, it's a rip. He's going to try to edit it, so it's just going to end up being him. But he is actually um, kind of my free agent signing out of the Dynasty Index. He's going to be doing all the defensive stuff in my rankings, and he's the one who's been putting a lot of those reports into the Dynasty Index where if you click on a guy, you can read about him. That's him. He's got, like, 60 or 70 that he's pumping in there. Like, this guy's awesome. He is a guy. um, We're going to do plenty of podcasts going forward. Yeah, he's big. He's a... He's a hot commodity, and I'm glad we got him over in the Dynasty Index. He's Love awesome, that. but yeah, the the running back class. I mean, it's it's top heavy. I don't think it's very deep. Kind of like this year, uh, Isaiah Spiller sort of took over that one spot for me. It's not to say Brees Hall is bad, but Isaiah Spiller improved so much this year that I I couldn't keep him out of the number one spot. You know. I, I think I did a tweet in the offseason about if you like Javante Williams, you'll like Isaiah Spiller. I mean, contact balance, great footwork, and he might be a little faster than Javon. It seems too, like it. So, yeah, it, it's it's looking really good for him. And, and Brees Hall, I need to watch a little more, but he's still really good running back. And Zach Charbonnet, that's another one of these guys. I mean, coming into the year, this coming into the year, it was like this is going to be a really shallow top end class, like Spiller, Hall, 
maybe Kyron Williams, but Zach Charbonnet joining the fun with with Kenneth Walker. I mean, get these Big Ten guys out of the big these these special prospects. Get the, get these top recruits out of the Big Ten and put them somewhere where they're going to be used. Yeah. Uh, Zach Charbonnet was wasted at Michigan. He goes to UCLA and he looks like a top running back. I mean, I don't know what they're doing wrong, but he's I have him graded as a round two guy right now. And uh, I kind of compare him to an A.J. Dillon where, I mean, he's listed at 6'1", 220, not quite as big, but he's got that same running style, a big bruiser, good vision, just just north-south runner that will take you down. So um, I like him a lot too. Uh, and then Kyron Williams, Williams, the other guy, he's smaller, 5'9", 196. Some people like liking him to like an Austin Eckler type, so he's not like – I don't know if I see him as like a more like a one A in an offense, but maybe a guy that's better in the NFL than he is for fantasy, but a, a good back in his own right out of Notre Dame. So those are kind of like those top five: Spiller, Hall, Charbonnet, Williams, Walker, are kind of like the big five right now. And after that, I still got to iron out uh, some of the names, but that's what we're looking at right now for running backs. So, oh, go ahead. And at, at least three times since college football started. I've turned the TV on on a Saturday and just checked a game. And Bijan Robinson's in the midst of scoring a touchdown. I know he's the 2022 or the 2023 draft class, but where is he falling if he was eligible this year? Number one, and and by a good margin. I mean, that is a special player. You don't even have to... Like you said, if you can just pop on a Texas game, you will notice his talent immediately. I mean, he can do everything. Burst, speed, agility, receiver, break tackles. Like, I, I can't find a weakness in his game. And I'm kind of sad we have to wait a whole other year before we can draft him <laughs> in Dynasty. But, my God, he's going to tear it up this year. Um, definitely a, a guy to save your – if you're in the midst of a rebuild, if you can – Maybe just hold out the 2023, get B. John Robinson, and hit the ground running. You'll, you'll be sitting real nice. That's the plan. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, the 2023 running back class in general, I mean, it's been getting talked about a lot, but there are some names. Tanks Bigsby, mm-hmm. Tank Bigsby out of Auburn, five-star. Uh, Zach Evans, five-star out of TCU. He's really good. You got Blake Corum from Michigan's been looking better. Sean Tucker from Syracuse. That's a name that hasn't gotten talked about a lot, but he puts up numbers. My guy Deuce Vaughn, all 5'6, 172 <laughs> of them. Darren Sproles in the flesh. Uh, he's fun. Like, if you're looking for running backs, this is going to be the class. Like, that, those are all really top end guys. And that's without guys that are going to emerge, like the Kenneth Walkers and Zach Charbonnet's. Mm-hmm. So. That's like probably four or five guys that are like top end talents. You add like maybe two more breakout players, you've got like half a first round of top running backs. And God knows the dynasty landscape needs young running backs <laughs> just Badly. injected into it. Needs running backs in gross. general. Oh man. Yeah, that's that's real. Beautiful. And I asked him why they didn't give us uh, Reggie Bush's Heisman. <laughs> yeah, what's <laughs> I, it's so dumb. I mean, if they're gonna make all this a, a thing now with you signing these deals and whatnot, I mean, come on. 
I mean, find me a more loved college running back from the early 2000s. You can't. I mean, he's just he was special, and it's, it's messed up what, what's going on here. We, we deserve. He deserves. Everyone but deserves. We as Reggie fans Bush. deserve to see it. <laughs> Everyone deserves it. Yeah. An absolute travesty. Oh, that's just that's just rude. Uncalled for. It oh, really is. Oh, man. Well, we appreciate you coming on to do a deep dive of these <laughs> prospects. Yes, indeed. Thanks again. You run the Dynasty Index. For sure. Keel Pro 88 on YouTube. Grind and film. If you have anything Dynasty, you're going to want to <laughs> give this guy a follow because this is a, one of the... The up-and-coming names in Dynasty content creation. <laughs> or if you oh. like Todd Sniper <laughs> montages. <laughs> Not too shabby, may I say myself. I, the man's got uh, a couple good clips. Just when I talk myself out of getting the new Call of Duty, my fans bring me back in. <laughs> God, uh, I might get yeah, I might get back to streaming. We got an upgraded <laughs> Wi-Fi, so it's a sign. There you go. Gonna go from uh, yeah, yeah. Seriously, upload football all day long and then stream fucking COD. Yeah, I saw you went six. from the the ten megabytes per second and got the upgrade and it changed your life. <laughs> yeah. And the upload speeds was is it kilobyte whatever KB is mm-hmm. it was in, it was in that so yeah, I literally couldn't upload anything. I, the Stone Age was tough, but we've we've made it through. We're back. We're playing with fire, and I'm I'm ready to get back on the content creation horse. Horse, it's gonna be a, what, a lot of fun. Well, we'll be waiting to <laughs> when when can we see you next on the Kill Pro Dynasty show. I see you were we were waiting pretty long between, but maybe with the new Wi-Fi we can get some of those shows up and running. Yeah, I was thinking about doing a sort of a, a mid-season NFL look at risers and fallers, and you can do that through the Dynasty Index. I can see where I had. Guys ranked at the beginning of the year, where their ADP was, and where they've sort of gotten to then. So, yeah, I'll, I'll probably do that next week, release it next week, talk about some of these guys uh, I was probably too low on, like you know, Mike Williams or something. Guys I was rightfully mm. right on, Deontay Johnson, Goats. Uh, My we God! I love on the, dynasty, yeah. or on the, on the, the Firestarter spot. I love Deontay Johnson. <laughs> I own Deontay on every single team. Same. It's uh he we go way back actually, me and Deontay. That was when we, we ran the Scouts Elite NFL Twitter, which was like the that was when like sort of Web had their own draft thing and we had an account where we would tweet stuff off of. And that Deontay Johnson tweet I made, I was like, if you're looking for the next Antonio Brown, just so happens he gets drafted by the yeah. Steelers with the same yes. pick that he was traded for um, I was like, if you're looking for the next guy, and that got like, that was like our biggest tweet. That got like maybe 50 plus retweets, hundreds of likes. I was like, holy cow. You just got to find the right like niche crowd and you can farm retweets and likes. Like if you tweet anything good about Miami, fo- Miami football players, <laughs> like they will come in droves. Same with BYU. Jamal Williams. Oh my God. Uh, we, we, we would tweet stuff about Jamal all the time and his mom would retweet it and then BYU Twitter would just, would just get it circulating. So he was a, we were a big fan of that guy. Uh, 
you just got to find those niche teams where their fans are just craving for any sort of positive talk about their players. That would be my recommendation to anyone who's trying to grow their account. Just, just got to keep firing off those tweets on guys and hope it catches on. Well, thank you very much for joining us, Caleb. I uh, hope to have you on again, but this was yep, extraordinarily informative, and I will be using all of this in the 2022 draft. <laughs> You're going to help me not have to watch college football. <laughs> oh, let's. Well, I don't know if that was my intention. We'll be but watching Bijan. You're welcome. <laughs> Must watch TV. Oh, that boy, nice. Cool, cool. All right. Thank you, Caleb. Yep. See ya. Thank you for listening to our Thursday edition of the Firestarters podcast with our special guest, Caleb Schmidt. We would like to thank him, especially for coming on and giving us a little bit of insight on the 2022 rookie class. And we appreciate the listen. You can find us on Twitter at Pod Firestarters. You can email us at the Firestarters Pod at gmail.com. Send us your love, send us your hate, send us whatever you want. We love interaction. Send us questions too. We like answering questions and talking a lot because. You know, that's why we started a podcast. It's true. <laughs> but, yeah, we'll talk at you next time. Bye-bye.